He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome to the There's Always Next Year podcast on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett with me. The boys are back. We have both Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at dash 37 board 27. And you can also find Josh Conrad on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. Fellas, we're all here. This is very exciting. The holidays have come and gone. We have yet to celebrate New Year's, but the Jets win. We get a Christmas miracle. Uh, Josh, before we dive in too far on the Jets 26-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know you have little ones. Are we at peak Christmas in the Conrad household? What's going on there? Oh, man. Yeah, they three-and-a-half-year-old twin boys come bounding down the stairs um, full, fully knowing. At 5.30 in the morning? They're normally 7 to 7 30 years. They came down okay. at 8. They were they slept in. Wow. Um, they were they were zonked the night before we had you know big kind of Christmas Eve family right, right, party yeah. thing. So they uh, but they came down the stairs and we had had not previously when they were really little really done like the full living room setup. I got to do the living room setup very very late Christmas Eve, which was a lot of fun, knowing that they were going to come downstairs and recorded the whole thing and just lots of wows and exclamations and tearing into boxes and opening up things and half. Half open awesome. packages onto the next one. It was it was bliss, boys. It was oh man, I felt I felt like the little kid again. It was a ton of fun, ton of my fun. my my, uh, my eleven year old is young Marcel Proust, and he told me yesterday that uh, <laughs> Christmas is is not the same anymore <laughs> at age eleven. And I was like, I was like, yeah, Lost dude, it. it's all like REI gift cards from here on out. I don't have to tell you, man. Um, Travis, I, I think you are the um, exception that proves the rule. How was your quick Christmas? How many um, Randy Macho Man uh, WWF figurines did you get over, over Christmas break? I got no Macho Man figures, but I oh. did get two Rodimus Prime figures from the original Ooh. 1985 Transformers movie. Oh, come um, on. Yeah, yeah dude, I, I got a pair of Nikes or a pair of Jordans. Um, a uh, a very very hard to get pair um that i purchased for myself and then my mom gave to me because <laughs> she was like i don't know how to get these and i was get like well i'll too. buy them he was like well i'll just give them to you and um, right <laughs> yeah and then then the biggest one of all though was i got my certificate of occupancy and health permit for Boom. hickory so uh, which happened the day before christmas eve so Hot that damn. was the, the coolest christmas present ever santa came early i go. love it I love yep. it. Yeah. The, um, the Bassett household was, uh, was 
I live, I live in Virginia, right? So you can't help but be surrounded by rednecks of some stripe. And so uh, until about midnight, we had fireworks going off in our neighborhood, which was super fantastic, keeping the kids up. Then at 2.30 in the morning, my oldest and my youngest enter, enter uh, my wife and I's bedroom. And it's like, we can't sleep anymore. We're like, well, we're not fucking doing Christmas now. So go back to bed because we are not doing this now. So good night. Good night. Uh, so I, not much I sleep. To- I used to love when I lived in that neighborhood uh, where you live at uh, playing the game of fireworks or gunshots. Fireworks or gunshots. (laughs) We play that in Churchill often. Often, my friends. Forest Hill, like all the hills. Forest Hill, Churchill, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. So so anyway, then then we had about 19 people over for Christmas Day. So that was a lot of cooking and a lot of work. So I'm exhausted. But the the best thing was – uh, we, yeah, we had lots of fun. And one of my, one of my, um, kind of like cousin in laws, I guess you'd say he's awesome. He is a, like a big card collector. And so he got me a Zach Wilson prism rookie card. Ooh, so like, guys, I'm officially invested in the Zach Wilson era. You're full, I'm, fully vested. I'm fully vested. I need this to go well because I need this card to pay for my children's uh, future college funds. So, so please, uh, I'm, I'm full in on Zach Wilson. So great timing, obviously after yesterday's uh, amazing win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 26 to 21. What a win. Uh, I mean, the card value has had to have gone up 30% just based on that win. I, I don't know. Like, guys, I'm excited. I'm always happy to see a Jets win. I'm glad they played well. I mean, Michael Carter had some rips. Um, Zach Wilson had some good throws. He had some tough throws, too, but overall played played pretty well. But I think we do have to keep in our databanks the fact that this was the Jacksonville Jaguars, right, who are similarly horrible on defense and horrible on offense. So I don't know. Josh, when, when you come away from this game – what are the the kind of high level takeaways you get from it? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's no secret we we've been detractors for the most part until our good friend Brian Bassett went all in on his kids' college education in the future of Zach Wilson. Uh, so rooting for you, my friend. Um, Thank you. Listen, like big 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 picture, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is a mess, and I, I'm not you know I I'm not saying like he should be you know, the second coming of Tom Brady or, you know, a, name another, I guess, rookie quarterback who lit the world on fire, Justin Herbert. But, you know, there's there's nothing there's nothing that you see in that guy that you go, man, I, I just don't, you know, it, it doesn't look good. And so if I'm a Jags fan, <clears throat> certainly like this, this matchup straight up against each other with similarly bad offensive weapons and defense around you um has to make you <laughs> how about wonder that brian how about that brian schottenheimer third down spike that yes. was amazing i was like that was the best thank you thank you so um, much thank you Trevor. So thank you brian but like if big picture to me like there's a there's a world where for whatever reason the jets end up with the first pick or lawrence drops to the second pick and at least so far, guys, I mean, I'm not saying I'm super thrilled with everything in, in Zach's rookie season, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. Like he's, he's, he's not as lost as Trevor Lawrence seems to be. Mm-hmm. Now you can, you can go to Urban Meyer, you can go to the play calling, you know, all those similar things, but it's not like, it's not like Zach Wilson was handed Bill Belichick and, you know, the greatest offensive minds around him with the best weapons either. So. Big picture. I'm just glad. I'm glad our guy is showing signs of, of hope and signs mm-hmm. of life 
where Trevor Lawrence is showing almost nothing. So that was the big takeaway for me was, man, at least we don't have that guy. All right. Jo- uh, thank you, Josh. Uh, Travis, what were your takeaways from the game? I mean, I, I now know what it feels like when I subject uh, all of my friends who are not Jets fans to a Jets game. Like, uh, I, I knew zero player names from, from the Jaguars. I was like, wait, who? Who? Um, uh, Josh, Josh and I had a, a wonderful back and forth on uh, <laughs> the game, reminding us of a uh, of a, a MIAC or a MAC or Division Two game. Imagine. I mean, it was it was sloppy, yeah. crazy, drunk looking football that was somehow exciting. And again, like you're like, who the hell's that guy? Wait, what? Even for the Jets, I mean, there were players. I was like, wait, holy crap, Pinnock still on the team? Oh shit! Wow, Wait, where's he been? Um, He's out there making a, plays, man. He's out there making yeah, plays. Yeah, I got, I got, I got the mullet Dan Feeney out there playing two different offensive, uh, you know, <laughs> offensive line spots and giving up only two pressures, like no sacks, and I mean, for real, like I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is amazing and terrible, and just it's we just great. All the to, you know, we had all the yeah. Connors yesterday. Yeah. We had all the Connors, Connor McDermott every Connor. catching a freaking touchdown pass. I mean, it's like, <laughs> for real. I mean, the whole game was just kind of buck wild. I had a lot of, I, I like, I legit had a lot of fun watching that game. Um, yeah, it's it been crazy. a long time since I've had that much fun watching a Jets game. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, maybe it was just, you know, the, the style of play that was happening because it was sloppy. There were people that haven't, been on the team for more than three weeks and i uh, and it was and and that was on both sides it was it was crazy coach. we've got 20 yeah. people on the covid list right it's just like what the hell is happening right now yeah yes. it was it was crazy but like I, I i loved it like it was a lot of fun to watch um you know i'm i i think that we're we're dealing with karma from all the crap that we gave josh allen you know seeing seeing these <laughs> rushing <laughs> touchdowns from, uh, from so zach true. wilson um but uh <laughs> But you know, like the, the 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 lack of turnovers the past few weeks by Wilson. I mean, he is playing a much more boring style of football, which I think we all wanted him to at least start to yeah. embrace. So, uh, you know, it's it's not like we saw leaps and bounds of progression, but you know, uh, a, a makeshift offensive line playing well, Michael Carter destroying it. It's like, I mean, it was it was just it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that Michael Carter run. I mean, the grit, the you know, trying to get back in bounds and just everything going on in that play. You know, he was super elusive uh, and, and that was a great play. Uh, and of course, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, had some big rips in the, in the running game himself. Um, but yes, like, I think this is kind of what I hoped for. I mean, it was hard to tell going into the game based on how they had played the past couple weeks and, you know, all the turmoil that happened in the past week with the team and the coaching and, and everything. Um, that said, uh, this is kind of what I was hoping we would see by the end of the season. Like, I don't need them to go out and be, you know, stomping the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, you know, the best teams in the league or whatever. But what I do need is to see, okay, like when you're playing bad teams, you should be playing better than them. And when you're playing tough teams or tough defenses, you should have struggles and so right so like while the record doesn't necessarily reflect it while um you know the play doesn't always reflect it what we do see is like okay yes you should have beaten the jacksonville jaguars at home you did it it took to the end of the game 
um, you know, they had the ball and they had the chance to, they had the chance to, uh, to, you know, to go ahead and win the game there at the end, but defense that eventually stood tall, did their job. Um, so, so yeah, you like what you see, but also right at the same time, I'm not going out to Zach Wilson, prison card, hodl to the moon, right. You know, diamond hands, crypto talk, like whatever on this card. I'm not doing that either necessarily. So so I like what I saw, but like that 50 yard run, it's like, how the hell did he get that open on that play? Like what, what is going on? I don't know if you saw Bum Chillips, AKA Spencer Hall. He posted, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he posted like, if this happens, like speaking about the Jaguars defense on that play, he kind of posted the, the <laughs> highlight and he says, if this happens to your defense, like in the national football league, you need to dissolve your team immediately. The solution. I mean, he loses the good yeah. word. The solution. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's so, so great. So the whole point is just like, uh, yes, there's definitely truth in there. So I love what I saw. And yes, you should beat up on tomato cans. And hey, man, if we know that one thing about Zach Wilson, he can beat up on tomato cans. So right. So this is this is what we now need to see is can he continue to beat up on tomato cans and can he beat you know mediocre to good teams, mediocre to good defenses. Um, yeah, so uh, so we, we we talked about the Connors. We we have to talk about the fact that Connor McDermott has more touchdowns, career touchdowns, than Denzel Mims. Denzel wow. Mims uh, had a target in the end zone. That was a weird play. It was kind of like a broken play. He's going one way, the ball's going the other. So I'm not going to get too mad about him now. But guys, like, where are we on Denzel Mims? Like, are we are yeah. we done? Are we moving on? Like, do we just need to you know? put a fork in it, like call it, like call this thing dead and, you know, use, use some allocation, whether it's free agency or draft to find a Mims replacement, or do we give him one more year? Well, it, it, was it just the bad salmon? Was it the, was it the glazed balsamic? What did it to him, Travis? Where, where are we going? I don't know, but I mean, he's had three weeks to, uh, you know, of, of opportunities. And yep. I think he's got one catch out of that in, Entire three weeks, um, multiple yep. targets. You know, I, I say, you know, maybe roll into training camp with him and let it work itself out. You know, if we get another, if you know, go after another wide receiver one way or the other. But uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it's, I, I don't know that there's any going back. I don't know that there's anything salvageable at this point. I mean, I don't. He, he obviously still feels very highly on 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 his ability and and is very confidence in himself but uh, I don't know that it's ever going to come to fruition it's you know Stephen I'll take Stephen Hill over him to be honest at this point but <laughs> yeah what, what do you think Josh yeah same thing it felt like with Elijah Moore out these were the weeks where Denzel could at least vault himself back into hey like I am still a guy that can contribute to this team and just didn't um, and, you know, we can go back and look at targets and target share and all that stuff. And, you know, what, what defenses was he lined up against all these things, but, um, he didn't, he didn't either have the opportunity or he didn't maximize those opportunities, um, when he had them, you know, if you're going to get a target in the end zone and quarterback throws one way and you run the other way, um, that's, that's just, that was very, very anecdotal to me that, um, yeah. that this is, this is exactly where we're at with him is that he's a guy that can get on the field and then, doesn't really perform so you know obviously I think I think you do obviously still want to go into training camp and see what you have but 
you know, if you're not going to do it in this stretch of the season, I'm not sure when he's going to do it. So um, not not uh, not going out to buy the the Denzel Mims prism card at this point. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Travis, I need to know: Is Braxton Berrios the nerdy friend from the '80s romantic sitcom who takes off the glasses and is hot as hell? Like, what is going on with Braxton Berrios right now? A hundred percent. I mean, he's like a stylish, uh, stylish modern version of Wayne Krabat. Um, like, uh, yes. He, I mean, he's going out there and like, I mean, he's he is literally. I mean, he's doing the dirty work. I mean, if if you put him, you know, I'm not saying he's winning Quebec, but uh, at the same time, you know, he's the one out there getting the gritty yards, taking the hard hits. He's returning, you know, he's he's going crazy on returns. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, like I love this guy. We need we need to find a way to mm-hmm. extend him. I mean, I, I love mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of person in the locker room, and I mean, just that kind of grit. And like, he's out there. You know, you've got Denzel Mims doing nothing but shit in the bed and talking about how there's very few people out in, out there in the world that have the talents and abilities that, that he has. And then you got Barrios, who's just out there showing up, you know, looking like Rudolph in his post game um, and just, you know, scoring touchdowns, you know, catching passes over the middle and getting, hard, you know, hit hard as yeah. hell and, you know, and owning his mistake. I mean, like, I, I freaking I, I love this dude. I'm so stoked that he's kind of coming into his own and he's you know um you know i've, I've joked about it in the past of like uh what well, why am i tuning in just mm-hmm. to see how many catches barrios gets and like now like i actually am kind of like okay yeah. sweet like i'm i'm i got no problem with him being out there on the field getting these targets at this point because he's out there busting his ass and you know getting these first downs and, and getting us in you know good positions and games when no one else is yeah i kind of not kind of the switch flipped for me yesterday, watching that game. I get it. You know, a lot of guys are, you know, not available. Defense are playing is not great, but he's up for every play. He's up on every catch. He's pumping up the team. He's pumping up the crowd. Like he is there. And, and your Krebet, um, you know, uh, whatever you call it, uh, reference there. I kind of had that same thought yesterday. I was like, I'm not ready to, Say yes, this is the you know Winkerbet 2.0, but in terms of the effort, I, that was exactly my thought. Josh, sounds like you're in the same boat too. Oh yeah, yeah. Braxton Berrios took off the glasses and went from Anthony Michael Hall to Tom Cruise real fast, real <laughs> fast. He was looking, he was looking, he was looking ready to go. You could hear the heavy synth building even on that kickoff return. That that man, that man was going to take his moment and shine. I feel like those are the guys, right? Like if Denzel Mims in the same post game um, where Barrios goes out and just balls out all day, like that's the guy you need to humbly go to and say, "Hey, man, can you help me out? Like, what what am I not doing? What's wrong with me? How can I how can I fix this?" And if that attitude's not there, you could be thinking that you're everything and if you can't you can't figure out how to do the nuts and bolts stuff that you're being asked to do knowing what route i'm running in the end zone like it's the little things and so a guy like barrios that sets the tone um that shows the other young guys in the in the wide receiver room how we act how we carry ourselves what are you looking for what are all the ways we can get open um like those are the things that guys like Denzel Mims should be soaking up, and if they're not willing to, um, that's those are the deal breakers for me. So love Braxton Berrios, but take five of him um, next year over five Denzel Mims any day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here we are. So okay, before we start talking about the implications of this win, Travis, 
I want to know what other hot girls with glasses uh, did you did you spot yesterday? Maybe the offensive line, Michael Carter. Pick one, and then we'll get we'll get Josh. Braxton Barris was clearly mine, um, but what, what other hot girls with glasses were out there? Jason Pennock, man, uh, he had he had that great breakup. Um, played a solid freaking game, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's seen the field for more than a couple snaps, like since training camp. I mean, the guy stepped in and played a great a great job in his safety role. And, I, and if I remember right, he's, he's actually a cornerback. I mean, he played really, really well, considering, again, like you've got to take into account like the, the, the competition, mm-hmm. but he had a solid freaking game. He had one of the more solid games in the defensive backfield that I've seen, you know, this year from, you know, a lot of people. Um, you know, it's not on like the level of Eccles game a couple of weeks ago or a lot of the weeks, you know, that that Bryce Hall, who I will take two seconds to, to plug the fact that he did tie the right the Jets record for number of passes defensed in a year and he still got two games to go. Uh, but I go back, Jason Pennock, hands down. I thought he had a great game. Love seeing him mm-hmm. out there. Love seeing the fact that, you know, some of the people that will be depth and are depth right now are, you know, able to go out there and, and, you know, handle themselves. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, and uh, Jason Pinnock, just, I looked it up. He had played the most snaps he'd played on defense was against Houston back in week 12. That was, uh, he played 23% of the snaps. He's played basically single digits since then. Uh, and then right yesterday, he comes out and plays 96% of the snaps on defense, 70 snaps on defense. Um, you know, that's pretty impressive. And no, I did not just enter a 7-Eleven. Uh, Josh got knocked out there on, um, on, uh, on Zoom. So you're back, Josh. Josh, any hot girls with glasses? Uh, Travis gave Jason Pinnock. Who, who did you like yesterday? Ooh, I like the Jason Pinnock call. Yeah, I don't know what happened to my connection there. Um, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I, I, I do, you know, 38 yards came on one run for Michael Carter, but you know, with, with the state of our offensive line right now, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled every time that that guy looks like the NFL running back that we all thought we were getting in the draft. Um, I know it's been, you know, start and stops sputtering kind of through the season, but getting that guy going is really so, so crucial um, to the long-term success of this team. And listen, 273 rushing yards. It's not like Tevin Coleman did nothing. Obviously Zach Wilson had a couple of those big runs too. So like massive, massive running game um, that, that allowed Zach Wilson to play the boring game that we wanted him to. So kudos to the running game, kudos to the scheme, um, kudos to that, you know, makeshift offensive line, um, that, that was really actually enjoyable for me. Again, I know it's the Jags defense. I know it's nothing to write home about, but, um, anytime we can get our running game going, it's showing consistently time and time again, that that's, that's the way forward to succeed with a young quarterback that wants to make big plays, um, sub supplement that with a really heavy dose of running and guys, we might have something. So yeah, I felt, I felt really encouraged by Michael Carter, um, and that offensive line, Thought they thought they all had a really good game. Yeah, and Pinnock, you know, 22, Bryce Hall is what, 23, 24. I mean, you've got yeah. um uh I mean, you've got some really young players here who, you know, they're not all going to be Darrell Revis no one's saying that. Um but when you have players that, you know, when uh when their opportunity comes and they step up, like hey, that's what you need them to do, right? That's why, you know, you're a depth player and then you get your opportunity and you come through, right? And it's not like Jacksonville, you know, 
while they have lots of troubles, they certainly have talented players at the skill positions. Can't, can't fault them that, um, you know, Marvin Jones is just a, you know, an ageless wonder and he keeps, you know, being productive. You've got other players on that team, you know, younger guys that are trying to establish themselves, but you know, this is, this is a good team uh, in terms of skill positions. It's not come together yet because they've, you know, <laughs> coaching and all these other things, but um, yeah. So I, I think, I think, there was a lot to be hopeful about as we look towards the, the upcoming off season, we've been kind of talking about that more and more and more. Um, I think there's some people that I've just, you know, text threads or whatever with friends and people are mixed, let's say about whether the jets should be winning or losing at this point. But, you know, you go over to uh, tankathon.com just to check, you know, Hey, how are the jets doing in terms of draft order? Currently, they rank fourth behind Jacksonville, who has two wins. Detroit has two wins as well. Houston then with four, and the Jets uh, with four as well. Uh, so Jets ranking fourth ahead of the Giants, who also have four, and then it kind of steps up. So Seattle, they're obviously with the second, they have that second pick from Seattle. So they currently, if the if the season were to end today, which it obviously doesn't, um, they'd have the fourth and the sixth pick. Um how do you feel about that? Like, do you have, Josh, do you have any regrets about them going out and winning games? I, it sounds like from some of the, your earlier comments, you do not. No, no regrets, no regrets whatsoever. No regrets. I feel like, you know, tanking to get your franchise player makes a lot of sense. And then starting to want to change that culture and win is really, really important. Like some of the, some of the Jets fans that we all know were a little bit miserable that, you know, like your whole personality is around Jets losing. And we're like, listen, like, I want them to do well. I don't want the team to suck. I want them to be competent and play and win games. And so having two top 10 picks is great. I think that that's obviously going to help them, you know, hopefully find at least one or two more studs that they can add um, to this team and continue to build around Zach Wilson. So I want them to win games at this point. I don't want them losing games. I don't think we're gonna have a problem losing a game this weekend. I think that's going to be a very heavy loss, but I do think, um, that having that fourth and sixth pick and however it pans out, if it ends up being three and nine or five and six, whatever those picks end up looking like, um, you know, that's, that's two more guys you're bringing in next year around Zach Wilson. So start changing the culture now because you know that you got picks coming. They got a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of picks in the first four rounds next year. And I'm, I'm getting excited for the draft. Yeah. Um, Travis, any thoughts about that? Win loss kind of rankings, that sort of thing. Um, I think it was, uh, uh, was it DJ Bianami? I think he had, uh, a, a really good tweet about that. That was, you know, stop looking at the, at the draft picks. Like if, if, if you're seeing progression out of, uh, he specifically said Zach Wilson, but you know, in my mind, if you're seeing progression out of the draft picks, these, this young core that we're trying to build that we've already got, you know, a, a chunk of in place, if you start, if you're seeing progression and they're winning games, Fuck the draft picks. I mean, that's great. Like mm-hmm. we're already seeing the 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 plan starting to work out and in motion. Like I mean, it, it, that's that's progression. That's what we wanted. Like seeing these step backs and losing games and and you know looking forward to having the first round pick. I can't do that every year. Um, I I want just like Josh said. I want this team to win. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of them. Not so I can root in the draft for them drafting somebody uh, super high. I'm a fan because I want to see them win. Like I you know I. I, I'm really, I was happy seeing him win. Like I, and 
just like Josh said, I mean, building that culture is all a part of, of that plan to, to move forward. You've got to build a winning culture. If you want to get free agents, if you want to retain free agents, I mean, you, you can't, you can't just root every year for them to lose and expect us to be able to land, you know, somebody like Devonte Adams mm-hmm. or retain Morgan Moses. Yep. If you wanted to, um, so no, like I hands down, like I'm I'm stoked. Um, I was stoked to see them win, and and you know I'm stoked to see, uh, you know that core group coming on, back on the field next week, even if it is against the Bucks. I mean, we get to see AVT, Elijah Moore back, Quinn. Michael Carter's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we we get to see everybody except for Makai, pretty much that we've wanted to see play together all year and really haven't been able to, barring any more COVID scares and lists right. and protocols, but. You know, right now it's looking like we're going to get to see the team that we want to see going against a really good team. So, I mean, this is exactly what we want to see, and uh, I, I'm I'm stoked. Like, I'm 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 happy. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Certainly, last year it was a different uh, different calculus. This is a different calculus as the team you know tries to move forward. And I think if the league has has proven anything, it's that there are always good or better players than you have, than you were like slotted to take by then like what Mel Kuyper or Todd fucking Shea have to like, have to like, you know, outline with your picks. There's always good players, maybe better players, you know, available at your pick or below. Right. I mean, Lamar Jackson was the final pick of the first round the year he was drafted. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, these players were passed on, by you know double digit teams uh, you know it goes on and on and on you can you can you can you can find these formulas again and again and again in these these examples so like you know would, do, would I want the jets to have one of these top end pass rushers Hutch or who's the other guy KT like of course of course I would want them to have that but like I am not going to hang my hopes on the jets you know having such a high pick that they get one of these players, you know, that's being compared to Lawrence Taylor or whatever, right? That's, that's a fool. That's a fool's errand. Like, don't do that. Like there's always good players later. It's always good. And it's always efficient to, as I see it, to, you know, stick with the picks you have, just make efficient picks, like just have a good policy of players that are you know good and efficient and good prospect players that will translate to the NFL. And don't worry about who's, you know, uh, ahead of you on the board. Like when it's your turn, it's your turn and you take your top player and you move on from there. So, yeah. So just to say, we did get a question. I kind of am lazy today because it's, you know, days after Christmas or whatever. So uh, at the Bagonis uh, on Twitter, longtime follower, he asked the question, should the Jets try to swap first rounders with Detroit to get the second pick? And I'm kind of leading you to the answer already. The Jets offer uh, their pick in Seattle's for Detroit and the LA Rams. Also, um, uh, yeah, we'll get to the second part in a second. But the point is, he's saying, hey, should we move up? Um, at the Bagonis is saying, should we move up? And I'm saying, absolutely not. No, do not move up. We did that once. We got Sam Darnold. How did that turn out, right? <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm not saying, well, you did it one time and you got burned. Uh, they've done it multiple times in the past and they've gotten lucky. We got, like, we got, we got read this that way. We got Revis that way. We got David Harris that way. Right. Yeah. Like it, it but we also happen. got Brian Thomas that way. Right. We got Brian Thomas that way who played for a long time, but was, mm, eh, yeah. you know, fine. Right. So like, so, so the point is like, just as I was saying, I think just be efficient, 
rank your players well. And so that whenever someone falls to you, like the, the way I would, if I were in the draft room, I would want to set it up so that I have the players that I want. And I'm just praying that someone falls to me rather than me consolidating my draft capital and making a bigger bet on a smaller, like with a smaller, you know, opportunity. Like if you have two picks in the top 10, likely one or both of them will pan out. So don't make it, well, this guy is like so much better than these two players. No, 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 no. Just take the two picks and hope that they uh, actually are productive in the league. And so let that play out. So, I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I, I would say if I was a GM, I would almost always, and you can break the rule every time, of course, but um, I would almost always try to move back if possible, as opposed to move up. That would be my default strategy. Either make the pick or move back. Don't try and move up unless there's a player I really want. Um, I don't know. Josh, Travis, what do you guys think? Should we? Should they stay put? Should they try and move up? Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, stay Go put. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think any of us are going to say anything different. It doesn't feel like there's a guy this year or at a, you know, I, I, I know people are very high on Aiden Hutchinson. I get that he's going to be a really great edge player. I think there's other guys that will play similarly or kind of within his galaxy. Um, there's offensive linemen that are, you know, lining up to be top 10 picks that we certainly need as well. So feels like a perfect draft to be, have two picks where we can go corner and we can go offensive tackle um, in the first 10 picks and feel like we just got two, two studs. So that two studs to me, when you don't need a franchise position um, like quarterback right now um, feels like the win, just stay where you're at. And I do like, I, I think that that's a smart default position is to never, you know, 70% of the time move back feels smarter and always seems to work out better for teams than moving way up and trying to land one guy. Yeah. I mean, or, or you could be the New York giants and move back brilliantly and then pick Kadarius Tony, which I mean, I don't mm. know, maybe he's going to be amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Maybe he'll be Tyree kill, but you know, you could have had Elijah Moore and no, no, you, you didn't take him. You took Kadarius Tony. Why? I'll never know. Uh, also, Travis, I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah, we're, we're, we're not, it's not like we're like three, three star players away from being in a Super Bowl. Yeah. drafting, uh, dra- drafting for need, for us is by default best player available. I mean, we, we, we need so many things. I don't, I don't feel like you should be going up and, you know, even like I'll, I'll even me a Copa and even say, even for an offensive lineman, like, I mean, you, yep. you need to stay put or, or go back, compile more picks, um, you know, and get the best players available. We, we still need a lot of players. Um, so it, yeah. it's not like I'm willing to go, okay. Yeah. We got, we've, we got Carl Lawson. Let's go and get, you know, Thibodeau. And it's like, well, I mean, we do have Kyle Kyle Larson and, or I mean, uh, Carl Lawson, and we've got Mm -hmm. 10 million other needs. I mean, like, don't like, you know, stay put, be smart. (laughs) Look at the Cowboys. They have three edge rushers and they just, they're, they destroyed Washington yesterday with those three edge rushers. Like they, you know, they didn't even have, they don't have a place to put them, but they don't care. They're going to find places to play those players. And yeah. that's not me saying like, yes, we need to go back to the the Rex Ryan and uh, Todd Bold days of draft every defensive lineman in the first round ever. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. But right, I do believe that right. You can just stay put, and you're all like, if you don't know what to do, just take an offensive lineman. You're always going to need offensive linemen. Offensive linemen compose twenty two percent of your entire starting 
unit, right? If you have 22 starters, I'm not counting kickers or punters, but if you have 22 starting players, 22%, five out of 22 are offensive linemen. You're always going to need more of them. As you saw yesterday, we saw Morgan Moses go off. We saw, you know, players come on and off. Like you always need offensive linemen. And, you know, Joe Douglas is a guy who clearly likes offensive line. That's, you know, his skill set, what he played in college and on and on. And, you know, he seems to get that, uh, I think, as we've seen in, in the draft, um, you can't go wrong. It's like, you know, I used to work at IBM and the, the joke was always, you can't get fired hiring IBM. Like it's, yeah, they're a good company. They're a technology company. They're smart. They have smart people. Like they know what to do. No one gets fired for, for, for bringing in IBM, but, and it's the same with offensive linemen. No one's going to get fired by having a good offensive line. But yeah, you're going to get fired if you pick the bad, you know, running back at the top of the first round or whatever, right? That's where things go haywire very quickly. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. Before we go, I have to ask, um, the Bogonis also asked us, favorite uh, 70s sitcoms. So it's a little bit before our time, but I'm sure, you know, we were latchkey. Oh, reruns. Enough. And, oh, yeah, we've yeah. seen reruns, Nick at Night or you know, whatever. So any 70s TV shows that stick out to you that um, mm. uh, that you love? I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you guys a minute to think. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to say, not that it was the greatest, but it was the most formative for me was Three's Company. Um, I mm. watched a lot of Three's Company as a kid, um, and I did not understand half of what was going on. You know, L.A., uh, 70s, you know, swinging lifestyle at the Regal Beagle, um, you know, guy having to hide his sexuality to live with two girls. Like it was all very foreign to me, but I loved it. And, uh, you know, that had so many tropes. I mean, the, the, the sheer number of tropes was amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that to me is like one of my favorite, uh, 70s shows. And yes, mm. I could, I could watch Jack and Chrissy and, uh, the other one, uh, Joyce DeWitt. I don't know if her real name, <laughs> I don't know her name on the show, but uh, like uh, like misinterpret something because they were in the other room, like hearing half the conversation. Like I could watch endless episodes of that and never get tired of that. <laughs> Three's company. Any any list for me of seventy sitcoms starts and ends with uh, All in the Family. I uh, my parents, thankfully, from an early age, wanted me to develop very good, sharp, sarcastic responses. And I can't tell you how many times I have quoted any of the characters. Um, I, you can't quote Archie Bunker if you don't want to, if you want to get, yeah, you know, if you don't want to get canceled. Yeah, if you don't want to uh, get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there are many things, I, you know, secretly have always thought that Edith Bunker was one of the five funniest written characters ever. She'd say things she didn't understand that everybody else was going to laugh at. Um, right. thought it was brilliant, thought they always went, you know, if, if the modern version of that is, is a show like Blackish, that's not afraid to go right at what's, what's kind of hot button, what are cultural issues. Mm. Um, you go back and watch episodes of All, All in the Family and you feel like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, these are still issues that, you know, shows are mostly afraid to tackle now. Um, but they do it in such a way that is heartwarming and just very hilarious. Um, yeah, All in the Family, um, very, very formative for me. Um, starts and ends with 70 sitcoms with uh, mm. with good old, good old Carol O'Connor and the rest, the rest of the cast. Meathead, 
All right, all right. Our, to our meathead, Travis. Well, uh, bring us home. What, what's your favorite? Oh man, I've, I've got I've got two. Um, first first and foremost would have to be Sanford and Son. Um, definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> a formative part of me growing up. Um, love Red Fox to death. I own all of his uh, all, like all of his stand ups on vinyl. Um, but on the complete other end of the spectrum, one of my favorite shows in the world as a kid. BJ and the fucking bear. Oh, yes. The the misadventures of a truck driver and his sidekick chimpanzee. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's it's brilliant. I don't know why no one has tried to reboot this. Um, You know, like, they, they, I don't know what it was about the late 70s, early 80s about like truck drivers and chimpanzees. I remember like they, they either did the same shtick in like, any which way but loose. Yeah, orangutan. They had Cannonball Run with Tony Danza and Mel Tillis driving a limousine with an orangutan. Like <laughs> I don't know what it was with like primates and like driving cross country, but it was a big thing in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, I'm wondering if like people actually did it in real life to this day, um, but no. BJ and the Bear, hands down. No, that that's a sitcom that that no one will ever, you know, no no one's ever going to try that kind of show ever again like you're never going to turn on nbc and it's like okay yep here's a show about a truck driver <laughs> and a chimpanzee yeah that's it's only mark Wahlberg movies with a with a teddy bear that's as close as we get at this that's in, that's in this yep list. that's about, Ch- about it challenge yeah. issued netflix make it happen <laughs> make it happen netflix i don't know if i watched a lot of it or if i just tried to watch it with my parents but i don't know if you guys ever Going back now, and I should do this. I should go do, do a little deep dive. There, there are things from Taxi that I remember. Oh um, yeah, that were like way over my head, and I didn't understand, but everybody else was laughing. So I thought it'd just be cool to laugh, even as a kid. Um, I I caught an episode. This is probably like ten or fifteen years ago, and went, "Oh, this is actually like it's the precursor to so many great things that happened in the eighties and nineties, all the way down to a, a character like Christopher Lloyd's character, who literally is like the prototype for Kramer um, on Seinfeld." Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there are there's just brilliance in that show. It wasn't always, you know, the funniest or. You know, they're they're kind of everybody's kind of vying for each other for the big laugh. But um, Taxi is another show, wildly underrated. I had always had a good time, um, even if I didn't understand again anything that was really happening. I yeah, I mean, in the cast, I mean, you just yeah, you look at that cast. I mean, Judd Hirsch, Mary Lou Henner, Andy Kaufman uh, for a time. You know, Danny DeVito, Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, just just a murder's row of comedic actors. So yeah, so I definitely need to go revisit that. I liked another one I'll mention, and then we should probably punch out here um, shortly is uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. I yes. love, Oh yeah. WK- I mean, and like we Dude. could go mash, we could go Jefferson's. There's lots of other places we could go, but like basically because I, I didn't understand why, but I just wanted to see Lonnie Anderson. Like mm-hmm. that's, I just wanted to watch Lonnie oh, Anderson. Yeah. Like that's why I watched WKRP in Cincinnati, Venus flytrap and all the other stuff. He lives like, in that Richmond. Was like, I know, I know Tim Reed. Yeah. He lives in Richmond. Yeah. Um, he it's all it, like, that was all window dressing to me. And like, as I've watched it back a little bit lately, yeah, it's, it's a great show, funny show, silly show. But, uh, but at the same time, at that time it was, whether I understood it or not, it was all about Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Uh, oh, the humanity. That's right. Okay. Um, gentlemen, we're going to go here. The Jets are going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
your Josh yeah. Conrad might be in attendance. So if you're listening, please invite him, invite him to your tailgate. You can yes. find him. You know where to find him. Please, please uh, get get uh, Josh Conrad all the fixins. You guys are the best. All right. Have a great one. Bye, boys. See ya.